desires And your first kiss from a boy Four finger discount, dude Welcome to season three of Four Finger Discount. Are we doing seasons here? Are we going to call them seasons? Uh, yeah, here? I think we'll call these seasons as we go along. First episode of season three of Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Quotes and Nobody Gets Anymore Facebook page and NoHomers.net. I'm, of course, Dando. I am Mitch. Very exciting times. I've been, I've been looking forward to this one. I, I feel like season one was like our rookie year and then season two was a bit of a pre-season. We've done a bit of a workout and now season three, boom, we're off. I don't know. Does it make me a bad person? I just hope that no one ever listens to season one anymore. Yeah, whenever people say, we're st- we've started from the beginning, oh, I'm like, oh! <laughs> there, was a, there was a guy that messaged us, oh, I can't remember what his name, oh, he'll, he'll hate me because he listens to the show all the time, but he says that my girlfriend doesn't like the show, she sent him a message saying, oh, yeah. they, they talk about bullshit, I'm not listening anymore, and I was like, which one she listen to? Oh, the first three episodes, I was like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> Those episodes go for like 20 minutes, and it's like, hello, Mitch, how are you? Mm. I uh um uh, yeah I'm I'm good. But uh, thanks for everyone that's listening this week. Mm. It's an exciting episode, like we said. Stark raving dad. I'm going to point that out though. If you're listening to the show for the first time, it's in the minority. But a few people have said, "Oh, they talk too much at the beginning. Just get into the Simpsons stuff." You know, you can fucking fast forward on a podcast, right? <laughs> like it's really pissing me off whenever I see that happen because you know at most we're going to be doing this for three or four minutes. So just scan ahead. If we're still talking bullshit ten minutes from now, fine. Fuck off. I don't care. Yeah. But for a couple minutes, it's like sitting down and going, "Oh, hey man, did you like the?" Why? I'm like, nah, nah, I didn't like that song at the beginning, so I just didn't bother sticking around for the episode. <laughs> so, you told me, yeah, you messaged me oh, earlier, you told me you had a story that's going to have me in stitches. Something's happened, Dando. What's happened? Uh, well, as in, I've, I've shared many embarrassing things with our listeners in the past. Yes. And this caps all of them, if you ask me. I, I'm going to set the scene firstly by asking you a question. You know how sometimes you might be bending down to pick something up off the ground, like a towel or a T-shirt or something like that, and you kind of reach for it, you go to grab it, but you miss it, and then you go to grab it again and you miss it, and despite the fact that this thing's not moving, you miss it four or five times before you finally get it and your hand actually works. Like a tennis ball or something. Yeah, something like that. I've had the opposite problem where my hand hasn't released something in time. Okay. Is now, this cricket related? No, it's not cricket related. It's it's uh, it is a little bit blue, but I'm going to try and not sound. I don't want this to be like crass. Don't think that I'm trying to go for cheap laughs here at all. But th- just picture my horror. I'm at work on Saturday. We open at nine thirty. It was nine twenty-five. I really needed to go to the toilet. Number two is not number one. Now there's a very small toilet out the back that's very close to a the kitchen and b the office. Why? <laughs> well, it's a small shop front, so there's only so much space, and I've never liked doing number two. I would two never there. use that toilet exactly because <laughs> I can hear people like op- taking a pen lid <laughs> off. <laughs> so the last thing I want is to have other people, you know, hearing firing a cannon, hearing things <laughs> that's going on. They're supposed to look up to me. Like yeah. I can't be an authority figure if they realise that I shit just the same as they do. Yeah. So I go to the public toilet in the shopping centre. Now there's three cubicles. I take the middle one. I'm there for a minute or two. Guy comes in and takes the cubicle to the right. Why of do me. you take the middle? Because that means you're guaranteed to have someone next to you nah, when they come because in. Because the one on the left had some water sitting on the toilet, and I wanted a clean one. What about the what? The right hand side. Uh, the right hand side. The lock wasn't working properly, so I only had two options, and I went with the clean one. I'd be going under the door anyway. <laughs> the guy comes in. You could tell that he was in it for the long haul, yeah. but I'm rushing through because I know that I've only got a few minutes to go. Now I grab some toilet paper. I clean up. What I try to do here, I'm still in the sitting position. I've got one cheek sort of raised sitting off the bowl. Sh- sitting <laughs> position. I've got one cheek raised off as I go to drop toilet paper into the toilet and reach for more toilet paper. My mm. hand hasn't let go in time. I've reached to the right to get more toilet paper, and that's when my fingers have let go, and I flung shitty toilet paper <laughs> under the cubicle wall. <laughs> Underneath? Into his cubicle. Oh, what happened? Completely accidentally. I just said, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I sit there watching it. Like, it flies away in slow motion. It's, it was like a shuttlecock going through the air. <laughs> oh, God, the Unfairly weighted to one side. And it hits. So I'm like, what could I say? What did the guy I say? Can't say what, I said, ugh, was about as much as it got out of him. <laughs> but I was like, what can I say? I can't do that and then say sorry. How do you say sorry after that? Sorry's not enough. <laughs> I just, we all, just pants up out the door. All, pretty much it was like, all I can do is finish before he finishes. <laughs> and if I heard his toilet flush, I wasn't going to leave that room for the rest of the day. <laughs> I figured as long as he didn't see me, I'll be all right. 
<laughs> but I, I was chatting to my mate about it. He was his theory was that I should have committed to it fully and just got just acted like a crazy person. Got, <laughs> yeah, that's right, asshole. You like that? smashing the wall. <laughs> Next one's coming over the cubicle. <laughs> Holy yeah, shit, man! That was me. What a way to start a Saturday morning. <laughs> I can imagine your, the cogs in your head going, what the fuck do I do now? Oh, it was awful. But was it, was it like, were you panicking? Well, once it had happened, there was no time to panic. Like, I still felt the relative safety of my four walls of the cubicle. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, he can't get me. Hopefully he doesn't throw it back. Just d- does <laughs> like a, a dumb and dumber. He just I kicks the door down. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't want it to turn into a war. Free <laughs> <laughs> flinging war. But the problem is, like, it's a really... It's a kind of lower socioeconomic area where the shopping centre is. So, I could just imagine him sitting there going, fucking scumbags that are out here. (laughs) What would you have done? Would you have accepted it if he had flung it back? I guess I'd have had to. I mean... Just cop that on the chin. Not literally, but you know. (laughs) Hopefully not. But uh, if you are listening, I apologise. It was an accident. That was... um, But anyway, there. The only saving grace, and this is what I love about doing this show... Within 15 seconds of it hitting the ground, because all of this processed in my mind very quickly, my very next thought was, huh, sweet story for the podcast. <laughs> well, it was. You, I generally enjoyed that. Thank Thoroughly you. enjoyed it. So, there we are. We're kicking off season three with a poo story. <laughs> Back to our roots. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're here to review Stark Raving Dad, one of... I would say this is the most iconic episode we've reviewed so far. Uh, yeah. Episode yep. that... Certainly up there with... The um, mainstream majority know of. It's the one with Michael Jackson in it. Everyone yep. knows this one, you yep. know. Shiver me timbers, Michael Jackson's coming. I can't really think of anything before this that's been so iconic. Oh, Bergstrom. To Simpsons fans, but to the public uh, knowledge. To mainstream. Mainstream, you know yeah. what I mean? No, but that's fair. If, yeah. if I said to my mum the one with Michael Jackson, she'd go, she'd probably oh, yeah, go, yeah, 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 yeah. Lisa Ritzy birthday. Yeah, exactly, the one with the song. Yeah. yeah. As we said last week, please follow us on Twitter. The Twitter's been going really well this week. I'm getting notifications all the time, and I'm loving it. I'm glad Just you are. Just shows that you're doing something. Yeah. I don't get the <laughs> notifications because it was set up on another account, which I love as well. I give you nothing... the logins for those emails, but you probably don't want them because it's just Twitter, 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 yeah, Twitter. Yeah, no, they're, they're annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I just like getting the Twitter bing. Yes. You get my uh, little bird up in the window. <laughs> Thanks for everyone that's uh, liked us on Facebook, facebook.com slash discount, And also on Instagram. Also, if you want to donate to the show, a few people donated this week, we'll give you a shout out a little bit later on during the mailbag. But if you want to, it's fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate. You don't have to, but we really would appreciate it. It goes a long, long way to making this show better. Yes, it surely does. Now, Stark Raving Dad, your first thoughts, Scott. What, what did you remember of the episode before you went back and watched uh, it? Something about some pop star being in it. Um, what was his name? Uh, Marky Mark, was he the one? Um, I don't think he was in it yet. No, Jack Nicholson. He's not a pop star, but John J. crazy Smith? person. Will Smith? Will Smith, that's the one. Yeah, man. that's him. Jazzy J. No, so Michael Jackson, all I remembered, I forgot that it had the overriding storyline of Lisa's birthday, despite the fact that I remember the song, <laughs> yeah. but I forgot that it was such a uh, prominent... The kind of in-between scenes. Yeah, yep. I forgot the whole Lisa being depressed throughout the whole episode. It's very similar to the last one where Lisa didn't really do much throughout the episode. But see, this no, one, she, she had... Was also... she, this one, she played more of a role than the last one. Yeah, she was one. more of a driving force in the climax, whereas last week she was just there. Yeah. But whereas in this one... The kind of emotional crux of the episode does center around her and Bart trying to atone for forgetting about her birthday. Now, the original air date was September 19th, 1991. The chalkboard gag was, I am not a dentist. And the couch gag was, everyone jumps on the couch, it tips backwards, and they fall through the wall. Now, a few New f- couch gag. New? Yeah, I don't think we've seen that one before. We've seen a lot of couch tipping over, but I'm not sure they went through the not wall. Not through the wall. Like, usually the just silhouette tip cut out, yeah. I, I always thought the one where the couch tips backwards. I'm like, how does it tip backwards and then not go through the wall? Yeah, I know. It's like a recliner. One of those <laughs> ones that doesn't move. Have you... Well, a little bit of trivia off the top. Did yeah. you know that this episode was originally supposed to be a season two episode? It was. And someone actually acknowledged this, because we said last week that... We, we made fun of Al Jean. We said, Well, hey, you made fun of Al Jean. Yes, I, I said, would never do such a thing. Because <laughs> you told me that it was 24 episodes. Well, no, there's only 22 in season two, but actually they produced two more. Was the other one when Flanders failed? Was that the other one they I produced? I think that might have been the original season ender. Definitely Stark Raving Dad was meant to be in season two, but they carried it. It's funny that it wasn't didn't air till a year after it was produced. Well, I guess that's the thing that, you know, when you go on season hiatus, there's quite a few months in between and the, yeah. and the show's already got such a long time anyway. I, it's funny because I was watching it though and I actually made a note of saying, because I didn't know that when I first started watching it, I made a note of saying the animation looks a lot better, but it couldn't have been because it was produced yeah, the same time exactly as season two. But just yeah. to me, it just a few scenes, the animation just looked they, a lot more crisp. They must have worked really hard on it and particularly the dance numbers would have been really difficult to yeah. animate. I mean, you're trying to animate a guy who looks like he weighs best part of 300 pounds to moonwalk and be light on his feet. Yeah. 
Now, a few facts about the episode before we get into the full review. Michael Jackson obviously was credited as John J. Smith. Mm-hmm. Much like, what was it? Sam Eddick? Was that Sam Eddick for Sam- Dustin Hoffman, yeah. Uh, now, he doesn't do the singing parts, but he does do the, the voice when he's talking like Michael Jackson. For the most part, but I think he might have done some of the small singing part. So, like, he didn't do Lisa, It's Your Birthday, but the bit where he just he wrote it. He wrote Billie that song. Jean is not my lover. I think that was actually him. Well, apparently, Kip Lennon, the impersonator, did that stuff. Yeah. Michael Jackson also did it. And there's, like, an urban legend that they actually used the Michael Jackson versions instead. But there's no proof of that. Apparently, the sound guy's like, no, we used the Kip Lennon version. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting that because Michael Jackson wanted to be a guest on the show, and then he said, I don't want to use my name. After this, the show creator said... If a celebrity wants to be on the show from now on, they're using their fucking name. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I'd written down, you know, that this was their first real stunt casting. And then I kind of realised straight away, well, it's not because they couldn't have possibly promoted the fact that it was Michael Jackson. Exactly, yeah. So it's oh, not- they could have. Michael Jackson's coming to The Simpsons. That's all they had to have said because he technically does. Yeah, true, but not, the, not in the same way because people still would have... If it's just a promo and you're watching the ad, and I'm sure, like... The, no, oh, well, yeah, mate, I guess they could have they could have just held it back and not shown any footage. All you have to do is just have Homer saying, or Bart saying, Michael Jackson's coming to Springfield or whatever, you know? Just, yeah. Just show that clip. Yeah, that would have felt underhanded. Yeah. But, but yeah, but it's not that thing where they've just gone for months, they would have said, Michael Jackson's coming and had just photos of Michael Jackson everywhere and the show would have been called The Michael Jacksons. Yeah. Like, it's not that trying to falsely drum up extra viewing or, or extra buzz. It would have been interesting. I'd love to see now the promos for this episode just to see how much they tried to emphasize that Michael Jackson was coming to The Simpsons. Yeah. Would you say that this is the best celebrity cameo? Because of all time. One thing that I had kind of forgotten and gone back to and never really given him enough credit for until re-watching this is Michael actually acts quite a lot throughout this yeah. episode. I like the scene where Homer says, I'm scared. And then he sings Ben to him. Yeah. It's really good acting from both there. It is. Uh, it was very, very, very good. And I guess... Having only ever really seen Michael Jackson in interviews and in the film clips, like you'd never really watched him do too much acting. He was actually surprisingly well-rounded throughout. Well, the character that he plays, well, he plays himself technically, but you know what I mean. Yeah. He's very similar to who he was in real life. He was a very calm person. He was yeah. very giving. Very Obviously, sweet. people say he was batshit crazy. Well, I've did, I never knew the guy, so I can't really comment on that. Mm. It seems like he was very quirky, I'd say. But you watch the documentary. What's that one? Is it? This is This is it. This is it. He's just a nice dude. Yeah. He's just very pleasant to everyone. Even when he's trying to explain something that someone's not understanding, you can tell he's frustrated, but he's like, it's okay. Yeah. We will get there. And the character he played here was very, very similar. Mm. A great sense of humor, really good delivery on some of yeah. his lines. Now, as I said earlier, Michael Jackson was actually the one that approached The Simpsons because he was a big fan of the show, particularly mm. Wikipedia, particularly Bart. I don't know whether that was something that, added in. No, that's that's true. He said he was a big fan of Bart and the song uh, Do the Bart Man. Yeah. Part of him approaching was saying, I'm a big fan of Bart and I want to give Bart a number one single. And he did. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone could do it, it's Michael Jackson. But anyway, so he said he wanted to do the show and he actually pitched several ideas. And it was actually his idea for the whole spreading the word around the town that Michael Jackson's coming and then everyone being disappointed. Yeah. But the overall storyline actually went with guess whose idea it was? Uh, Schwarzwalder. No. Oh. L. James Jean? Brooks. Oh, James Brooks. I always go with Brooks' eyes. He's idea. always the glue. Yes, he's always the glue. Now, apparently, Jackson said, I will only agree to do the episode, though, if I hear the read-through first. So, they mm. set up the read-through at his house. At his house. Oh, I think it was his house, someone's house. Jackson Manor. I think it might it might have been his manager's house. Someone, I think it was his Something house. Like or someone that. else's house, yeah. Did you hear the funny story, though? Uh was this about the servants or something like no, that? There, Dan being half an hour late. Oh, yeah. Apparently, Dan Castellanata stuck in traffic. Yeah. And Al Jean said they just sat there in pure silence for half an hour. Yeah. How awkward would that have been? <laughs> in the room, Michael Jackson. Oh, man. I wouldn't want to have done that. Well, you just said he's a nice guy. I guess the thing is, he's like the biggest star in the world I by so far. I wouldn't be scared he's going to yell at me. I'd just be like embarrassed. I'd be like, oh, I just want to crawl into a hole and die. Yeah. You know? like it's, and what would get me the most, too, is it's not my fault. I'd be like, oh, this motherfucker, you know, yeah, like, you're ruining it for me. Yeah, Because he could have at any point just gone, you know what, guys, I don't want to do it now. There's so many ways you could pass the time, though. Like, hey, Michael, show us Thriller again. <laughs> again. <laughs> Another fun fact that I brought up before we went on the air that you didn't know. Mm. There was a sequel written to this episode. Yeah, you started talking about that and then realized I didn't know and you decided that you would wait for now. Yeah, they, um, they were going to replace Michael Jackson with Prince. Leon was going to come back. Oh. And it says here, Mike Reese, the quote was... According to Reese, the plot of the episode saw Kampowski, Leon, hmm. and Prince manage to get everyone in the town to loosen up and become more flamboyant and become more sexually open. 
Good Lord. Yes, I know, right? Actual Prince was going to be on this? That's what they... Or Leon was now going to think that he was Prince. That's a key reason why the sh- no, Prince was going to be a character on the show. Okay. Now, the key reason why it didn't uh, happen was because Prince wanted to make changes to the script and mm. the Simpsons writers... It was The freelance writers wrote their first version of the script and the Simpsons writers tweaked it and made it their own. Yeah. And he liked the freelance version better and he said, I'm only going to do it if they use that one and the Simpsons writer said, well, no. And yep. it was just nipped in the bud. Well, that's a shame. So it's one of, if not the only, Simpsons script that was completed and never produced. Hmm. I'd love to read the script. How great would that be? It would be cool. You know, it's interesting that you said that in that... Did you know that there was a Prince joke that was originally going to be in this episode and Michael asked to be cut? Yeah, it's replaced with Elvis Presley. Elvis, yeah. It's true. I'm with your father in a mental institution. Mm Mm-hmm. And is Elvis with you? He could be. It's a big hospital. It's funnier using Mm. Elvis because Elvis is there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A couple more facts. I know we've got plenty of facts, but this is such a monumental episode. We have to get through them all. Uh, the, it was the first episode to air in Dolby Surround Sound. Oh. You, you know, you always say, now in Dolby. Down yeah, okay. This is the first episode to say that. I rem- remember when I was a kid, I was like, what the fuck is Dolby? I didn't say that. Like, what <laughs> the hell is Dolby Surround Sitting Sound? there listening to it on your mono television. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, this was when it was rerun, when it re-aired uh, about a year later. That was when Bush said the whole, we are trying to strengthen the American family to make it American Family is a lot more like the Waltons and a lot less like the Simpsons. Yeah, right. And what they did was they wanted to counteract with that. So when they read, we don't want our American families wearing pink shirts to work. <laughs> exactly. Um, they had they filmed like a little ten to fifteen second little clip to play at the start of this episode when it was reran a year later. Ah, nice. But anyway, let's get into the review of the episode. So it starts off with Lisa waking up Bart doing the whole pulling the nose. You ever working somebody up like that before? I'm not sure that I have. I th- it just th- seems really over the top and cruel. <laughs> kind of mean. It's yeah. like waterboarding to wake somebody <laughs> up. <laughs> just stopping them from breathing. Yeah. Just, just poke them. That, yeah, exactly. Shake them. Do something. Yeah. <laughs> just teabag them if you have to. But <laughs> let the airways stay clear. Uh, I like Bart. Something's wrong. Dad's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you immediately think, for me, if Nicola doesn't write back to like my message, I'm like, something's happened. Something's happened. I, I'm not like that, but Ash gets that way, that if a phone rings post like 10 o'clock, she'll panic instantly. Mm-hmm. Like, what could it be? I'm like, oh, someone wants to talk to you. <laughs> Relax. I'm, I'm more just like, why are you calling me this late? Yeah. I don't really think that's going to be a problem. But uh, now, how do you written in note, the animation looks a lot better already. Same as season two. Yep. Fool! <laughs> so, uh, Bart, start, uh, Bart uh, starts playing up that he's old because he's yeah. 10. Everything changes when you hit the big 1-0. Your legs start to go. Candy doesn't taste as good anymore. Bart, will you please let me pour my little heart out? Sorry. This old timer does ramble on sometimes, don't he? You know what I wrote down about that little bit of dialogue? Yeah. Is it, it's exactly like the character that Butters would, from South Park. That is yeah. exactly how he would talk on his birthday. Simpsons did it first. Yeah, but Simpsons did do it first. <laughs> I had here, Lisa, she wants a gift from Bart and mm. she sort of forces him. It's like that we take him out Splash Mall, which just he gives in kind of thing. Yep. He says, I'll get you a gift. Do you think the writers made Lisa look annoying by demanding a present? No, no. Yeah, I reckon? I demanded a present for my birthday from my father just two weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, I, know, I was just, like, "What are you getting me?" You're like, "What do you mean? It's you know, you're you're an adult now. You're being annoying. It's my fucking birthday. <laughs> you're being annoying, though." Well, well, I would never walk up to someone and say, "I want this." As an eight-year-old girl, to your brother, remember though, back when you were an eight-year-old girl, Dando? When, when you were ten, did your younger sister or when you were whatever, did your siblings get you presents before the age of fifteen? I don't know, but part of it's exposition as well. You need someone to set up the fact that it is her birthday. So, but you know, says I'm going to actually get you a gift. Then we cut to the uh, the kitchen. First thing I noticed was the fan was very low. I feel mm. like they made it a lot lower just for the point of the gag that was coming up. Yeah. Because Marge walks past and I'm like, she's going to walk into the fan, but she's obviously on the other side of it. Yeah. That fan, I've never really noticed it. I think it's always there, but it's never that low over the table. It's just one of those things they change purely for the gag. Yeah. Bart calls up the crusty hotline after getting asked to watch Maggie. Gets distracted. This is clearly a piss take on like the, um, the hotlines from the 90s. I remember calling like the PlayStation cheat code hotline. Oh, man. I never had the balls to ring any 1-900 number or whatever they I, were. I did once. I got a lot. It was... No, it was Sega because I was calling for Sonic how to find all the gems and I got my <laughs> ass kicked for it. It was like 50 bucks. Yeah, I was going to say it would have cost more than the game. <laughs> yeah, it was so much money. I remember I was just like... And it was one of those things like where... Mum was reading at the phone bill and she blamed my dad. Immediately blamed my dad. <laughs> and then dad's like, oh, I didn't do it. You've been playing Sonic again, haven't you? <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> and then I remember having to own up to it and I got my ass kicked, but I got like, benefit of the doubt because I didn't understand the concept of money at that point. Yeah. But man, they charged a lot of money for those things back in the day. That's probably one of the best things about the internet now that you can find any cheats for free. 
in like 10 seconds. Yeah. So Homer can't find his shirt at this point. He's running around panicking. Marge shows that it's been pink. I forgot mm-hmm. what... That's another thing I forgot why Homer's shirt was pink. I remember... I, no, I always remember that because it's one of those examples where Bart's hat only shows up when the story needs it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like Homer's... Marge, I can't wear a pink shirt to work. Everybody wears white shirts. I'm not popular enough to be different. And as we said, it's due to Bart's lucky red hat. Mr. Burns, they're all walking in. Great animation on that. Everyone walking in. Everyone yeah. walking in, all bunched up and drones, and also great audio, where it's just doosh, doosh, yeah. doosh, with every footstep in unison. It was all very cool. And then as soon as they see him, just stands out so much <laughs> in the middle. It's like, yeah, it's very, very funny. Just freeze on that. Yes, go back. My first thoughts were, when the hell did he have colour television? Another thing that was used purely for this gag, but they acknowledge it. Well, judging by his outlandish attire, he's some sort of free-thinking anarchist. I'll call security, sir. Excellent. Yes, these colour monitors have already paid for themselves. Mr. Burns is clearly not happy about it. He Mm. calls him a free-thinking anarchist. Did you notice, uh, like, when the security guards come in and grab him? Yeah. And uh, they throw, like, a modesty jacket over him so no one can see the pink shirt. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. They had, like, this big red jacacket that they throw over his shoulders (laughs) like he's a streaker at the football or something. Yeah, I didn't didn't pick up on that. But obviously his co-workers are hanging shit on him. I thought it was a bit exaggerated. It's just a pink shirt, but, I mean, that's what makes it funny. In the early 90s, but at the same time, even now, can you wear a pink shirt and not have people make fun of you? Not to a factory. No way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> particularly to a factory. I can't wear one out. Like, I did it once with a... Sl- not even pink, because I wouldn't be bold enough to wear, like, a bright fluoro pink or anything, but it was just... It was the quintessential salmon t-shirt. Yeah. And holy hell did I cop some shit for it. Never, ever put that on again ever in my life. <laughs> did you put it on thinking you looked good? Um, or were you like, this can go one of two ways? I think I was more in the 50-50 camp. I was like, oh, I don't know about this. I'll throw on a denim jacket over the top just in case. <laughs> Denim jacket yeah. over a pink shirt. It was a good look. That's great. I have only worn I was a, 17. I was trying to look older. I've only worn a pink shirt once, and it's because someone dared me to wear the pink Ranger t-shirt out to town one weekend. Ah, good man. Didn't do it again. <laughs> but you wait, I'm more than happy to wear the yellow Ranger shirt. I still do. Yeah, of course. It's quite fetching on you. So Mr. Burns pulls, out, well, pulls Homer aside, and he's forced to take the Dr. Munro take-home personality test or something along those lines. Yeah. Now, I've just, I forgot just how often Munro actually appeared in the early seasons. Yeah, same. I thought he was like in it once or twice. And then... I remember the shock treatment, and that's it. I, yeah. I can't remember Munro besides that at all. But he's, he's still, what, season three, and he's still appearing. Well, I suppose mm. this was technically season two. I wonder when it was that they actually got rid of him. I'd like to look up what his last appearance was. If you're listening now and you know, send us a message. Is know. in which episode before the tombstone? The tombstone? When did the tombstone? Well, was it, uh, well they killed him off on Treehouse of Horror by just showing his tombstone. Ah, of course. That's right. I wonder what one that was. Maybe the one in season three, possibly. Possibly. This could be his last appearance. You never know. We will soon know. Someone will know. Yes, and they're going to tell us on the Facebook page. So Homer gets given the test to take home. It's like a, is it a test or a profile? What is it? He has to fill yeah, out. Yeah, it's like a personality to, to quiz, prove questionnaire type thing. Prove whether you're insane or not. Yeah. He asks Marge to take it. And this is one of my favourite moments coming up. Marge says no. So he asks Lisa instead. And Lisa reads this poem to him. Meditations on Turning Eight by Lisa Simpson. I had a cat named Snowball. She died. She died. Mom said she was sleeping. She lied. She lied. Why oh why is my cat dead? Couldn't that Chrysler hit me instead? I had a hamster named Snuffy. He died. No deal. Gets halfway through. No deal. Yeah. <laughs> Great poem as well. Yeah. I had a cat named Snowball. She died. She died. It's so depressing. Mum said she ran away or something. She lied. She, she lied. lied. <laughs> I, love how, I love the dramatic reading that she gives. It's so funny. But how Homer reacts is exactly how I felt. It's just like, no deal. Yeah. <laughs> can't be listening to it. It's like, someone else can do it for me. I liked in that scene where Marge was getting ready, by the way, the uh, hairspray. Um, oh yeah, I, lots of models of it. I replayed this and made sure that Ash watched it because I was like, "This is you in the morning," and yeah, just that. Did she give you the? Did she give you the look? No, no, no. Just hysterical laughter. Okay, I good. caught her in a good mood. Yes, <laughs> em- em- empty. <laughs> One of those rare moods. Empty can of hairspray and just as it starts to get empty, like, mm, and opens the drawer and there's like twenty of them in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there's another one. It's a necklaces, and she's got lots of necklaces in her drawer. I think. Yeah, yeah, like there's a whole ball of them. I think yeah. that's the cat burger episode. Ah, oh, yeah, because yeah, it's got- a valuable family heirloom, and then she just pulls yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, like I mean, any man out there that shares a bathroom with a girlfriend or wife. Can, like I looked at that and I thought, well, that's my cupboard. I've got like five millimeters of space where I can get a razor blade and toothbrush, and that's it. And then everything else just full of makeup and hair products. I took a photo of the little what do you call it? Little hole in the wall where in our shower, so you can sit. The glory shampoo. hole. <laughs> <laughs> Those days are long behind me. Now where you sit your shampoos and shit, just a uh, little yeah, indent yeah. in the wall. Yeah, I took a picture of it. You've got a stormtrooper 
like bubble, not bubble bath, like a body wash thing. Yeah. And <laughs> a Darth Vader little scrubby thing. Yeah. The rest is all Nicholas. Yeah. The whole thing. <laughs> I might, for the benefit of our listeners, Ash goes away for a week this weekend. I might take a photo of my ensuite while she's away and then a photo after three days of her being back <laughs> <laughs> to compare and contrast. <laughs> you are going to be divorced soon, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, Homer asked Bart to test for him whilst he watches the Funny Zone videos or whatnot. And I think the video titles, you just hear the audio of the, the presenter. Yeah. They're really emphasizing the direction of the comedy the show is going with now. Man breaking hip. <laughs> <laughs> dog on fire. Rough. Anybody order a hot dog? <laughs> ah, look at him. And finally, baby with a nail gun. Aww. Okay, it's time to cast your votes now. Dog on fire! Dog on fire! It's so pushing the boundaries now. They're, they're yeah. not scared to say shit like also, that anymore. Yeah, starting to comment a little bit on like some social satire and that sort of thing for what Funny Stone Videos really is. Like You only watch that to see people get hit. Yeah, but uh, Homer's not paying attention, but asking the questions, um, but pretty much just ticks all yes. Now, two things. I like the... Wetting his pants? Yeah. Do you wet your pants? Well, even the best of us has an occasional accident. <laughs> When he just ticks all the yes, it's the exact same hum, the same tune that he hums when he cheats off Milhouse's test. Mm. It's like, this is worse than Milhouse's exam. Yeah, good pickup. It's exactly the same. I wonder if they use the same audio or whether Nancy just subconsciously used the same hum. And it'd be interesting to know. Homer's then taken away to the psycho. He's like, Georgie Day Pear? <laughs> no. There's a few callbacks to the, the pants winning episode. You think it's just going to be one joke from Bart, but then as they're taking him away, Smithers, careful, man. He wets his pants. <laughs> it's so funny, yeah. Now, originally, uh, this is a note that this was originally not meant to be the pink shirt that gets Homer into the mental asylum. Oh, okay. What was it going it, to be originally? It was going to the be... pink donut. It was going, to, it was going to be Homer's taking Barney into rehab, in for rehab. Oh, okay. And he starts acting crazy when he takes him in there and they commit him instead. Right. Yeah. So that's what the story was, but then Brooks... Equally I, believable. I think Brooks was the one that swapped it around to the pink shirt. Mm. Pink shirt's funnier. Sillier. The pink shirt is sillier, but I think it's more believable in the sense of if he just rocked... If it was the one taking him in there, why would he be the one committed? I, it just seems a bit far-fetched. Yeah, it would have been more of a... a yeah, it would Slapstick have been like comedy. crunching some gears to make that change, whereas yeah. this is a nice flow-through. So then Homer's uh, doing the... Are they called like ink paintings? Um, what are they called where they make you... Uh, the Rorschach tests yes. or ink plot. Well, that's what I'm trying to think. Yeah, and then he says, How can you tell who's sane and who's insane? Well, we have a very simple method. Whoever has that stamp on his hand is insane. You know, that is that is my greatest fear, by the way. What's that? That if I was ever committed. Like, imagine if you, as a sane person, are placed in a room full of crazy people and everyone looks at you as though you are crazy. How do you possibly convince them that you're not? Because if you, being you and acting normal, and they still think that you're insane, what what could you possibly change? What happens in this episode? Can that actually happen in real life? That's the question I wanted to ask you. Like, Can you just be committed without even telling your friends and family? I don't know if it still can. I feel like it could have in the 30s. This is 1991. Particularly to women. Like, <laughs> like that... No, 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 I mean, like, with... Angelina Jolie and the Changeling is like that kind of... That was a based on a true well, story I mean, look, type thing. Look at 12 Years a Slave. That guy just gets taken away. And yeah. that, that was like the 50s or yeah. whatever. It's really easy oh, to no, do that it. was like 1700s, uh, wasn't that it? That was the 1800s, yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's really easy to do to minority groups. You just bundle them into somewhere and just go, mm, see ya. I'm pretty sure it couldn't happen now. Kids they put, crazy. They pull out their phones saying, totally getting committed. Is anyone listening to us from a mental institution? Maybe you have access to an internet radio or something along those lines. Write in. Let us know. Are you there by choice? <laughs> that would be very, very cool if they were. It would explain how we have any listeners. <laughs> so they throw him into the room with Michael. And I like that. Put him in with the big white guy who thinks he's the little black guy. I googled Michael Jackson 1991. Every photo, he was white by that point. Really? Yeah. Okay. That, that's why I thought this episode just seemed odd that they thought that he should be black. I'm going to Google it again right now, but everything said, or every picture that popped well, up. Rather than image search, maybe Google when did Michael Jackson go from black like, to white. Well, it was after the, the accident with the Pepsi commercial, and then he got burnt, and that's what sort of triggered it, apparently. Yeah, he, okay. He got pigment in his skin. I know that that was the thing that threw me as a kid watching this episode the most, because I... For a, a period there, I only knew Michael Jackson as being a white person. He was always so white to me, So, all of yeah. these jokes about him, how he, you know, Michael Jackson's black and that sort of thing. I was like, what? What are they talking about? Like, it, none of it made sense. Or when Bart held the album, it's like, this is Michael Jackson. I'm like, who is that? My mind was blown when I first saw the picture yeah. of him black. Yeah. I was like, we, we grew up, by the time we knew what was going on, we were like, what, four or five. He was white by that point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
So it's basically just saying here that around about 84, 85 is when he started to, his skin started changing color. It doesn't actually say he was officially black in 1990, March 4th, but it's just, I'm pretty sure that by 1991, he was more white than black. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Because I've got a picture here, I'm looking at Jackson performing in 1988, and he's white. Yeah. He's not black. So I just thought this script seemed a little, I don't know, seemed a bit outdated. I don't know. Everyone's saying he's not black, he's white. Well, he was by that point. I guess he just really had to be alive at that... We, we had to probably be aware at that particular time of what he was seen as. Anyway, it was a funny gag anyway. Yeah. So then uh, Michael Jackson... We're gonna, are we going to refer to him as Michael Jackson or Leon in this episode? Because it's going to get confusing otherwise. Um, I've got MJ in my notes, but I just wanted to make sure that you knew... So the listeners aren't confused as well. Do we refer to him as Michael or Leon? Let's refer to him as Michael. It's Michael Jackson. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy to make that concession because it is Michael that's voicing him. Yes. Michael Jackson introduces himself. It's that cool. makes no sense. We should refer to Homer as Dan if that's what we're doing. So <laughs> I just said that and went, you're a fucking idiot. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good way to end the act though. I'm Michael Jackson. Yeah. Who are you? Hi, I'm Michael Jackson from the Jacksons. I'm Homer Simpson from the Simpsons. We get back. Uh, Homer doesn't know who Michael Jackson is, so he's teaching him the moonwalk and he sings Billie Jean and I whatnot. really liked that scene. Where he goes forward? No, well, yeah, well, Homer going forward, that's great animation as Jackson teaches him moonwalking. How do you do that thing with your feet? The moonwalk? No, that thing with your feet. Yeah. <laughs> I liked more the... You seem like a nice guy. Why'd they put you in here? Because I wore a pink shirt. I understand. People thought I was crazy for the way I dressed. What'd you wear? One white glove covered with rhinestones. I really love the fact that he had no idea who he was. Yeah. Never heard of you. Well, adopted, I suppose, would there have been I adult think, no, no, that, no, that's, that's funny about be, it. Yeah. Every household had a copy of history. Parts one and two. <laughs> Everyone heard Thriller by that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think by this point, though, like you had, I've written here, they've really found the Homer character now. Yeah. He's lovable, but he's also a bubbling fool slash very irritating. Bit of a buffoon. Ignorant, judgmental, but not hateable, still lovable. Yeah, still yeah. lovable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it cuts to Bart and Lisa watching Itchy and Scratchy. I've written here, the animation of them laughing is absolutely atrocious. Yes. Did you notice that? Yeah. And they got their heads back in their mouths. It's so much like the shorts. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. Like, it's just, I couldn't believe that. Too much time on the moonwalk. Yeah, I couldn't believe that actually made into the episode. And then Lisa hints again about the gift. I wanted to mention one other thing about Michael before we move on to the, to, oh, well, I guess. The, Jackson? Yeah. Yeah, about Michael Jackson. <laughs> You know what really sets him up as being great in this episode? It's the way that first interaction with Homer goes, where nobody in the run of The Simpsons has ever been as sweet outside of Marge to Homer. Like, he is—he just takes this guy in, and he's genuinely nice and genuinely sweet to him. And everyone else is making fun of Homer, being mean to Homer, just doing whatever. No one ever gives him the time of day, and Michael does. And Carl? Uh, sorry, well, yeah, Carl, but none of the regular writers. Carl was more of a motivational speaker as opposed yeah. to just a lovable friend. Yeah, yeah, true. But none of the regular cast do anything like that. So it just instantly it puts you on side with this guy. I just thought that was really clever writing, the way no, they handled that scene. Yeah, 100%. Now, uh, Michael gives Homer the tour of the um, mental asylum. I like to introduce him to Floyd, and he says he can multiply any two numbers. And you're expecting Homer to say two crazy numbers. Yep. Nine times five. <laughs> 45. Whoa. Wow. I thought it was a really funny writing. That they basically good. just go through the checklist here of different mental patients that have been in institutions for movies. So that yep. guy's similar, like a little bit Rain Man. Who's the chief meant to be? The chief is from One Flew Out of the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, I haven't seen it. Yep. I, knew, I knew these guys must have been parodies of something. Yeah. Hey, chief. Hello. Well, it's about time somebody reached out to me. And then I was like, I can't call home. They think I'm a guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Michael Jackson decides to call home instead. Yeah, Bart has a running gag throughout this episode where he answers the phone. Joe's crematorium. You kill him, we grill him. Well, it's the start of a running gag. Yeah, but do you think, to me, that gag would have got really old really fast? Well, possibly. It depends on how good... I guess it's one of those ones that it's it's going to live and die by its writing. But Al Jean was saying that they'd started it with the idea of it being running a gag, but they could only think of two. That's what, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been a good gag, but it's like they would have spent so much time just trying to come up with it. And I think if you're creating things like that where it becomes annoying to have to create something new for each episode, then it shouldn't be a recurring gag. Yeah. You know? So Michael then has to convince Bart that it actually is Michael Jackson. Who are your last four dates for the Grammys? Brooke Shields, Diana Ross, Manuel Lewis and Bubbles. Shiver me timbers, you are Michael Jackson! The design I've written is very weird here, in that Bart, he's standing up straight, but he's barely higher than the arm of the chair. It's just funny how sometimes yeah. they make Bart really, really short, Yeah. then sometimes he's not. Is it just lazy animating, or do you think it's just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's lazy as much as it's 
just every now and then they lose a frame of reference. Yeah, who knows? So then he tells Marge. Again, great animation of the moonwalk. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, right. Bart moonwalks the note over. I didn't even... Passes it backwards over the top of his head. And it cuts back to Homer and Michael in their home. Yeah, and we get the sarcastic wise guy voice again on a completely different bottle. Yeah, yeah. It's like... Uh, was his line about uh, the only way, there's only one way to get out of here, pal, and that's Deaton the nurse. Yeah, she's not that bad looking. Not that bad looking, no. But I guess as a married man, maybe Homer's taking the moral high ground. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> so then Marge calls the wrongfully accused hotline, another hotline gag. Now this is a very similar gag that they used later on in our Clown Without Pity. Or was it Clown with Pity? Clown Without Pity. Clown Without Pity. It was like everybody loves the clown, so why don't you? And she starts crying when the music yeah. starts playing. It's just the exact same thing here. And then it cuts to the scene that I mentioned earlier, one of my favourite scenes in the episode, great acting, where Homer's telling Michael... What's wrong, Homer? This place is so strange, Mike. I'm ashamed to admit it to another guy, but I'm... scared! We all get scared once in a while. Maybe I can help you. It's a really nice touch because you would, you would be scared. If, oh, like yeah. you said, if you were in a mental asylum and you didn't know how to get out and you were just being yourself and they're telling you that you're crazy, but you know you're not. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. Well, there's nothing you can do. And you feel like anything you do do, you're going to be viewed as just acting because mm. you are. Yeah. I just think Dan encapsulates the whole, you know, a grown man isn't supposed to be scared. That's, mm. that's sort of like the, the consensus, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's hard for a grown man to admit that he's scared, particularly to another grown so man. You instantly feel sympathy for that person when they do. Yeah. It has often. I've often wondered whether or not you could convince somebody that they were crazy. As ever, I think I watched the Julianne Moore film, The Forgotten, which is not an, a brilliant film. But say tomorrow, if I paid off everyone that you knew to just convince you that Nicola never existed, I come in, I remove every reference to her, we delete her off Facebook, all photos are gone, and just everyone. It's like, what are you talking about? How many days of that would it take before you snapped? You know she was real. But yeah, but if everyone's telling you that she's not, then you start to go, well, shit, maybe I've been wrong. But could you ever second guess yourself? Because you're like, I know she was real. But like you said, everyone's telling me that she wasn't. Interesting experiment. Listeners, if you've got someone out there with maybe a small circle of friends, so you don't have to pay too many people, (laughs) please try it. Report back with your results. I plan on really pushing what I can ask people to do in season three. That's a new precedent. You've set it pretty high. Yeah. So Michael then sings Ben, puts him to sleep. Now, Homer's mumbling in his sleep. This was something I really fa- found really funny as a kid, mm. but I didn't quite get why it was funny when he said boobies. Now, that to me, it wasn't funny because I was a kid and I knew boobies was a, a funny thing. It was just, I thought the word boobies sounded funny. I think it does sound funny. Wo- it's a comedy it's, word. It's just the word boobies. I was like, he said boobies. Kind of like bosom mm. from uh, Dead Padding Society. <laughs> bosom. I just think it's funny though that in a kid's show, they had Homer saying boobies. Yeah, it's it was not a big a deal, one. but it's just, it's like, ooh, okay, this is a kid show, but he's yeah. saying boobies in your sleep. Yeah. Now, there was one thing that I noticed, by the way, just before we move on to the final act of the episode, a uh, little bit, that, and there's a couple of these in here, but this is the first one that I saw of repeated animation. So, it's when Bart and Marge are having the argument about whether Marge was always saying that she would drive, you know, I always, I said you'd always drive him to the nut house. And yeah. Um, Bart says, poor house, and mm-hmm. they said, nut house, poor house, back and forth. If you have a look at that, every time they do that, it is the exact same animation of Bart saying poor house. Really? Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. I did notice though, that they used the same shot of the ambulance from the previous episodes. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that I think that makes a few appearances, that ambulance shot. I think that became a gag for the animators just to throw yeah. that in all the time. Similar with the, um, the supermarket with the trolley running out of the car park. Mm. Like, it'd be like season eight and it's just this season one quality style yeah. little thing because it's just like, eh, it's just a running gag. Let's just throw it in there. So Homer's in a class. I don't know what kind of what class you'd call it, but it's just people admitting what their fears are or what they're in there for. So funny. This is almost my favourite part of the episode. This is where you get irritating Homer. Yeah, because he just doesn't get it. He's not being irritating because he's trying to be mean. He's just doesn't he's get it. He's trying to it. understand. Yeah. Like, he's just <laughs> trying to follow so hard and he's doing, it, he's doing such a terrible job of it. Okay, so I was working in an insurance company, right? <laughs> Youngest VP in the history of the firm, okay? The job was my life. Then one Monday morning, <clears throat> I got up. I couldn't leave the house. I just couldn't. Was the door locked? No. I just couldn't face what was out there. Was it raining? Homer, it's just, you love him, but he's just so goddamn annoying sometimes. Yeah. So then Marge comes to visit Homer, and she explains that uh, if you don't mention our son Bart's name, he'll be fine. He's like, oh my God. There really is a Bart? Good Lord. (laughs) 
So that, that's probably the only impression I can do from this episode. Well, someone did comment on your impression of... Um, someone sent a message this week saying that your impersonation of somebody was good. Yeah, my impersonation of Carl was yes. one that they're a big fan of. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Did you notice this? Is, they slipped in the second reference to him wetting his... Or third reference for the episode, but the second recurring joke of him really? wetting his pants. Yeah, It's when he's going through the list of things that Homer suffers from, or all of the sort of you know symptoms he's displaying. He throws in bladder hostility. That's right. Yeah, he yeah. does too. Didn't Subtle. Click. Yeah, yeah, it is very subtle. Then, like he says to Homer... Mr. Simpson, after talking to your wife, we believe you're no threat to yourself or others. That's the most flattering thing anyone has ever said to me. Could I have it in writing, please? Of course. Not insane. Hmm. He uses that later on in the episode. Yeah. It's another setup gag for a throwback joke. So Lisa's back at home singing happy birthday to herself. She's quite depressed. Very sad scene. It is very, very sad. The fact that she's gone to the effort of giving Maggie a party streamer. That, that that was there to lighten the mood, I think. Just Because otherwise, you, they left oh, the scene like still that. still kind of somber. It, it is. It's more of an ironic laugh in that one. Yeah, I guess so. One thing I didn't understand, though, is Bart, if Bart was home, why didn't she ask him to come in there with her? Well, I guess if she knows that Bart has forgotten, then, like, she, you know, it's not Maggie's fault that she didn't forget because Maggie's a kid. So she's being spiteful and then complaining a about it. A little bit, yeah. So she could have Bart there if she wanted to, but she's just being spiteful and then complaining that no one was there. Maybe she's just embarrassed. How many times do you have to ask someone to remember your birthday before you just go, well, they clearly don't care about me anymore, so maybe I don't want him here because he doesn't love me? Do you know what I had written down, and they cover it up later on the episode? I think that they wrote the episode and forgot to include the fact that Marge and Homer had forgotten her birthday. Because Marge and Homer were with Bart and everything the entire time when she's complaining that Bart's forgotten her birthday. And then just later on, she goes, I'm writing this letter with the... Stationery that they gave me. For her birthday. But they never acknowledge that they remember her birthday throughout the episode. I think that line was written in there to cover up for that mistake. Yeah, possibly. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, it did stand out to me in the episode. I was like, why is she pissed off at them? That's what I was thinking too, because I'm like, well, they've not made any acknowledgement of her birthday either. But then I think that, well, that was a, if that's the case, then that line was very clever to get to counteract yeah. that mistake. Saves having to include a scene and then affect your runtime. Yes. Like, you can turn something that would have taken a minute into something that takes two seconds. And then Homer calls home. Jealous taxidermy, you snub em, we stuff em. Funny line. But as I said, this joke would have got, to me, would have gotten real odd real fast. Yep. I, I don't think it would have been that funny after a few more episodes. Uh, Homer gets very angry, then changes his tune. I like Bart's, dude, Homer, whatever they got you on, cut the dose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then tells Bart that they're bringing Michael Jackson home, but do not tell anybody. Yeah. Of course, he does the complete opposite. Tells yeah. Well, he tries not to. He has like an evil... Five seconds. He has an evil dead moment where his hand takes over his body. <laughs> and then pretty much, as the Simpsons do, within like 30 seconds, the whole town knows about it. Yeah. Now, here's the second bit of recycled animation. And it's everywhere. I even took a photo of this for you. Really? Have a look at this. Maybe we could post... Is this when all the, all the pictures, all the yeah. people on the screen? Every single shot there is from just... It's just taken from stock footage where they've had people on the phone in the past. So you've got Snake. It even has the bit... Like Snake in prison has got um, all the days crossed and then party two o'clock from, when he, from the War of the Simpsons. Holy shit, you are right. It's got the old lady for when Santa's little helper's playing in a pool, like your dog's in the backyard. It's got... Barney, probably when Homer uses him as his phone call from when he's dying, I think is when that shot's taken from. Uh, and they openly admitted in the audio commentary, like, well, we just got every bit of footage that we had where people were on the phone and then re-recorded dialogue over the top of it. And that bottom left corner woman, she's the babysitter yeah. woman. Yeah. yeah. Not the bandit, but the one that was running the The service. secretary, yeah. Wow. Good work, man. I didn't pick up on that. Uh, it's a very brief shot. The other thing that really gives it away is you've got Hibbert wearing his Cosby sweater that he was only in for like one episode. So basically, as we said, with this phone call that's spreading around, everyone mm. knows about Michael Jackson. Giant crowd appears at the house. Oh, sorry. On the subject of phone calls. Yeah. Uh, there's one other freeze frame that I've got here that was really funny. Yeah. Did you catch when Homer picks up the phone to dial back home? The All of the speed dial options? That was my trivia question. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Larry King show. Yeah, Larry Oprah. King, Oprah, Phil Donahue, Geraldo. Skate was a ski? Ski new- report. Ski report. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. Uh, so everyone's... Everyone's at the house now waiting for Michael Jackson to appear. Did you notice that Homer's still wearing the pink shirt? Yeah. <laughs> well, all of his shirts were washed, so... That is true. Yeah, he had no choice anymore. Yes, that is true. Uh, and then the crowd is obviously really pissed off when they discover that it's not really Michael Jackson. Yep. You get the whole, you're not black, you're white. And I'm thinking, well, he was white anyway. But moving along from that... Yeah. Um, Lisa- I love Mo, of all of the people. He's dressed without flair! Yeah. <laughs> And then Lisa, after everyone leaves, Lisa's upset that Bart forgot her birthday. That's what I would write down here. 
What about her parents? They clearly haven't done anything either. But then it cuts to Lisa writing the letter that Michael Jackson... Homer <laughs> was in an insane asylum, so there wasn't much... Cut himself out. It. <laughs> he could have said thank He could have said happy birthday, though. Yeah, true. So, Michael Jackson overhears Lisa writing the letter. Now, this is a pretty intense letter. It's pretty much saying, yeah. I'm disowning my brother and never talking to her anymore. Yeah. Dear Bart, I am using the stationery Mom and Dad gave me for my birthday to inform you that we are now brother and sister in name only. Perhaps if a professional so advises, I will give you a hug at some far distant family reunion. But rest assured, it will be purely for a show. So Michael Jackson overhears Lisa writing the letter about disowning Bart. He tells Bart, you need to write a song. That's what I used to do for my sister. Because he didn't have any money. Yes. Nice little reference to, you know, Michael's actual upbringing. Well, there's a few sort of references to Michael's life throughout this episode. I can't write a song. I'm only 10. Only 10? When I was your age, I had six gold records. Sorry, there's a good bit, just a nice little subtle tip into Michael's real life as well. The, The line about how he says he got real mad because his Off the Wall album only got one lousy Grammy nomination. That was true. The, really? The, the Simpsons guys wrote, uh, read a biography about Michael Jackson that said he was genuinely depressed about only getting one Grammy nomination for Off the Wall. Well done, Simpsons writers. Yeah, just Research. A, yeah. I wonder if Michael read that and goes, hmm, nice Well, I nice figure because he allowed them to leave it in that it must have been real. Yeah, yeah it had to have been real. I, I feel like Michael's not someone that would let them make up jokes about his career. No, I wouldn't have thought so. No. So he tells Bart to write the song and then he convinces, Bart buys into it, okay, this is Michael Jackson. Yeah. It's like he knows it's not Michael Jackson, but he just buys into the moment. You know the movie that this reminded me of? Miracle on 34th Street. I was going to say the exact... I was, really? I going to say the exact same thing. Yeah, because it's like he's... But buying into Santa Claus. Exactly. It's it's He is Michael Jackson if you believe that he's Michael Jackson. Yeah. That's what the whole point of it is. That it's just, if you want to believe in the best in somebody, then that's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Very uplifting. Yes. I love that you thought of the exact yeah. same thing. <laughs> and they, they start writing the song, I think the training wheels off my bike. What happens when you're 10? Uh, the training wheels come off your bike. It's really catchy when he sings. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I almost like it more than Lisa, it's your birthday. I wanted to know where that song was going to go. Oh, so did I, yeah, yeah. The training wheels come off your bike. You start to notice boys you like. <laughs> you're just putting that in because it's commercial. <laughs> That's more of a genuine Michael Jackson song than Lisa Easy Birthday. Yeah. I was wondering though I love that, that Bart calls him out on it though. Yeah, but like what's the gag there? I didn't quite get it. It's commercial. I know you said that you only sing it because it's commercial. I don't get the joke. So the like the, the type yeah. thing is just, you know, what Michael's known for. So it has no business being in the song whatsoever. Ah, okay. He's just throwing it in there. Because that's what he does. Yeah. yeah. Now we that's when we get the classic Lisa It's Your Birthday song that that scene. Michael Jackson actually wrote that song, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, it was actually going to be used on a bonus disc when uh, Dangerous was going to be re-released. Oh, I think about okay. 2000, 2001, but they decided not to do it. It's on the um, the Songs in the Key of Springfield CD, which is yeah. a great CD, by the way. Yeah. I also liked, too, that they had a throwback to the very opening scene where he holds Lisa's nose to wake her up. Yeah, same. I really, really dug that. I actually didn't realize it until the second time I watched the episode. Yeah. But, yeah, it was it was very nice little uh, top and tail. And it's just one of those moments in The Simpsons that everyone remembers what do you think it is so great about that song? It's just so catchy. You think it's just nice rhythm. Re- it's, it's relatable. It's relatable. It's a nice. It, it's a genuinely sweet song. Yeah, it's it's very cool. I I like the fact that Bart manages to tap out a nice rhythm on From the waste paper the trash can. Yeah, <laughs> and then obviously Leon reveals his true self, and that voice was done by Hank Azaria. Mm. You know the other thing about the song that I like the song yeah is the, the Happy Birthday song. The Happy Birthday song itself kind of sucks. Yeah boring and drab and goes on whereas this is just a nice jaunty little upbeat thing like anyone that has a two-syllable word can have this song sung about it i feel like the happy birthday the, the actual happy birthday song that we sing reminds me of like when you're at primary school and you go good morning yeah. mrs whoever it's just yeah everyone just gets into birthday this drone mode. To you. i go full larry david on the happy i i will not sing that song at all? No, I'll mouth it if I'm in a big group. <laughs> That's about as far as I go. I'm usually the one that starts it off going, one, happy, but then I stop. I like giving a hip hip. Yeah. <laughs> I do like in Futurama when mm. but, uh, they're singing it and it's like, today is your birthday. It's all, it's different lyrics. Uh, yes. And then Fry goes, and you smell like one, two, <laughs> just at the end. <laughs> Uh, I my favorite happy birthday song of all the Simpsons though is "You're the Birthday, You're the Birthday, You're the Birthday, Boy or Girl, Boy or Girl." <laughs> <laughs> it's great, yeah. I thought too because they wrote themselves into somewhat of a hole with this Michael Jackson character, but mm. I think they wrapped it up very really well. well, yeah, and really quickly, yeah. And you know what? It makes sense as yes. well. 
like the guy was angry, and then I started talking like this and wasn't mad anymore. I was like, oh, I buy that. And everyone was nice to him. Yeah. Everyone started smiling all the time. He just went, all right. I was only doing good in the world. Yeah. Like, it's just, they do it in the space of like 20 seconds. Yeah. No, it's fantastic writing. Could not be more succinct. There's less than 30 seconds left in the episode when he reveals himself and he's singing off down the street and that's yeah. it. I love that he sings it in his own voice. Yeah. After he's gone. Like, and, and doesn't even get all the words right. Like, Lisa, yeah. it's your birthday. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what he's originally meant to sing there? Uh, it, it, uh, Black or White or Man in the Mirror. Man in the Mirror. Man in the yeah. Mirror. Yeah, that's right. I wonder why they didn't go with that. But anyway. I think this fits better. Oh, it does. 100%. Like, the fact that, I mean, it would be fresh in his mind and catchy as he's walking off. Yes. Yeah. So, overall thoughts. This was just as good as I remember it being, if not better. It's a fantastic episode. Really, 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 really fun. Great use of a guest star. Yeah. You, you can't hope for better than what they did with him. Like you said earlier on, you forget just how good Michael Jackson was at acting in yeah. this episode. He was a, he played the part to perfection, really. Yeah, massively so. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn, Mitch? I learned that the insane stamp does not wash off so easily. <laughs> it definitely doesn't. I learned that five times nine is 45. Yes. <laughs> Time for some trivia now. Mm. You've so I've said... ruined one of your questions and you ruined one of my questions off the top. Oh, what was it? Uh, it was who was the guest, like, sorry, who was the like shadow singer, if you will, who impersonated Michael for the singing. Kip Lemon. Lemon. Yep. Yep. Well, the other one I had here mm. was what year did the Dalai Lama visit Springfield? Oh, 63? 1952. Ooh, okay. Nearly. 11 year, 9 years 11 years off whoops um where is leon originally from oh he says it at the end yes he does brooklyn no new ne- jersey new jersey oh, i was going to say nebraska I don't, i'm like no that doesn't make sense no it's not nebraska i feel i felt like get like a bit of a brooklyn accent a little bit well it's very close to new jersey is it not uh yeah new york new jersey similar Jabail! Jabail is here ooh Okay, time for the mail, but before we get into that, people that donated this week, big thank you to Brian Fisher, Gemma Thomas, and a big, big thank you to Jared Thigpen for his big donation. Really do appreciate it. As we said, you don't have to donate to the show, but we really do appreciate it. It's fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate. If you just like to chuck a couple of dollars our way, big thumbs up to you guys. Like we said, you don't have to, but we really would appreciate it. Now, Mitch, mailbag questions for this week. Mailbag. Well, firstly, a quick shout out from someone that has written in... uh uh, I'm just double checking, making sure that I'm reading the right thing. Candy Simpson. <laughs> yes. What an appropriate last name. Yes, it's great. Uh, hey guys, so I work at a bar in Boston near Fenway I Park. I remember this one, it's awesome. Uh, that gets really, really busy. Because of this, my job is exclusively all bar prep before we open. I mostly work with Mexican dudes who only speak broken English while they prep the kitchen. Trying to explain to a man what you can barely communicate with why you are listening to a podcast about very old episodes about a cartoon is nearly impossible. They asked what I was listening to, and I said, it's about The Simpsons. They got all excited and then really confused when I wasn't able to just show them that I was watching the show. (laughs) Uh, So I assume that we now have 10 to 15 new Mexican subscribers. But if you happen to be out in a bar uh, or looking for some drinks in a bar in Boston, go in and check out Candy Simpson. I I assume that she will be able to give... Oh, I don't know. Ten percent off drinks for, (laughs) for finger discount fans. Go in and say that Mitch sent you. Don't actually expect 10% off, guys. I know that we do have a few Boston <laughs> listeners. But I'm going, cool. you better clarify that they're not going to get any money if, off. If Candy's around, make sure you're nice to her because she seems like a cool chick. I want to apologize for our Boston accents, by the way, in that last little bit. I didn't say that mine was going to be good. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched Goodwill Hunting, and that's the only way I know yes. how to do it. Okay, Mark Harmon has written in, Hey, chaps. So I assume he's English. Loving the podcast. I listen to it all the time. Did he, did he put it in capitals? Yes, he did. Oh. Yeah, I like to read these out as the listeners have sent them through. (laughs) I was wondering, do you ever quote The Simpsons in real life and nobody gets it? I've done the knifey, spoony thing twice now and it has fallen flat both times. I've quoted The Simpsons all the time and no one gets it, especially when I'm at work because the guys at work are like 50-year-old factory workers who just don't watch The Simpsons. It's funny you should say at work because I had one. Well, I try to actually do it. I see where I can slip one in that no one is going to know that it's a Simpsons reference, so I deliberately want them to be unaware. And there have been a few times where, say, someone has come in to try and make a very, very large withdrawal in cash, and maybe we haven't got that laying around at the time, and I can slip in a little, what do you mean the bank's out of money? <laughs> oh, he, he's got it. Yeah. I said, Bell's house. The, 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 Fred's house. They got, what do you do with my money, Fred? Yeah. Or <laughs> a bill, whatever. I can even say saxophone, and the guys at work don't know it. Oh, what? Yeah. Trampoline? Yeah, nothing. They've got nothing. Ah, oh, man. What an awful environment to they be They still in. don't understand why I do a Simpsons No podcast. wonder you're going out of business. <laughs> I know, right? But Get with the times. Thanks for the question. Was it, 
Mark Harmon? Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon. But I do have one story of where that's gone horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah? Have you ever seen the movie American Psycho? Yes. Okay. The Christian Christian Bale? Bale? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a line in that. And now, if you do have kids listening, this is a pretty violent line, so please cover their ears. I don't want anyone to be upset about this. Connor Lynch. Jump forward two minutes. (laughs) Yeah. But it's a line from early in the movie where he's at a bar scene. Um, So, anyway, my mate's at a bar. Uh, Someone... He asks them to get drinks, they turn around. As she turns around, he's with someone else that he thought he had watched American Psycho with, but hadn't. So, he quotes it by saying to the barman, or to the bar chick as she's got her her back turned, you're a fucking ugly bitch. I want to stab you to death and play around with your blood. Sort of looks to his mate to give him a little elbow in the side with laughter. His mate's just (laughs) looking at him, horrified. (laughs) He's like, you know, like uh, like American Psycho. He's like, what are you talking about? Just as he backs away from him slowly. (laughs) Tim Nithsdale, he's written in. Now, this isn't necessarily a question for both of us. It's only a question for one person. Hey, guys, great show. I ran out of your podcast, so I started listening to all your old ones again. Just wondering if Dando ever got that four-finger discount tattoo for hitting 10,000 likes. Ooh, I wish everyone forgot about that. I just wanted to make sure I brought it up again for everyone to know. I'll have to... I'll take suggestions. I will get a Simpsons tattoo. Maybe we can get matching ones. Is that okay? Probably. Good. How about I get you <laughs> with headphones on my ass and you get me with headphones on what yours? What if we get like Homer on me, then Carl's slapping something, we can put our asses together. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. As long as you don't wear lime green polyester underwear. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll get a Simpsons tattoo, but I just don't want to get the stereotypical one, like the Stonecutters logo or shit. Yeah. You know? It's just, yeah. Oh, man. I saw a filthy one on oh, my Instagram. <laughs> Was it the Bart one? No, it was a naked Edna Krabappel. Oh, no, it was no. like Edna Krabappel done as a pinup girl. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That's kind of sexy. <laughs> <laughs> we, it was believable, I'll give you that. Yeah, okay. like, that was what I was like, of all the people I actually think that, yeah. I'd go, Would do it. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, thanks for the question. Was that was that a question? Oh, that was a question, yeah. I was more just calling you out. I will get the Simpsons tattoo eventually. I'm, I'm glad that someone's called me out for it. <laughs> uh, Connor Lynch. Good to hear from Connor. It was good to hear from Connor. He apologised for not being around as much of, of recent times. Yeah. Uh, he's still been listening, just hasn't had the time to write in. He was one of the originals. One of the originals. He was. Him and Susie, like... Um, a, a, and Keith. Yeah. A couple of the originals have dropped off a little bit. Um, uh, Diego? Where's he we, gone? Yeah, Diego. What's going on? He, I think he still listens, uh, but doesn't write in comment occasionally, I think. Yeah. Uh, too busy on the opera circuit in Sydney, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, Connor. Uh, I, you know, this as simple as this question is, it's one that we kind of probably tried to cover in the first episode, but I don't know if we ever really would have. Not articulately enough, anyway. What actually made you fall in love with The Simpsons? Was it a certain episode, certain memory with the show? Like, what what about it do you think it was that clicked with you and be, and went from being just a cartoon to a show that 20 years later you'd be sitting here with me at 9.30 on a Tuesday night, ignoring our wives, talking about it to strangers? Who we love, by the way. I think my mum not letting me watch it for so long helped. Because yeah. it made the show seem so much more important once I was allowed to watch it. Yep. But I think it was because it was a show that... It was one of the first show that felt like it was a kid's show because it was a cartoon that my parents could watch with me and still enjoy it. Yeah, right. It was the first show that we can gather around. I remember my dad and, and I used to sit around like Super Simpsons Saturdays in the mornings and watch The Simpsons. It was one of the first shows I could sit down with my dad and we both had a mutual interest in it. Yeah. And it's very similar to wrestling as well. That's what I think it was at The Simpsons for me. Okay. I think for me, it's... I mean, I, I always gravitated towards trying to make people laugh when I was in school. And I could do that by watching The Simpsons the night before and then quoting a few lines, getting the voices right and that sort of thing the next day. So I think that was where it really started to stick with me, that I probably made a lot of friends just off being a fan of The Simpsons. And that growing up in the 90s was hugely important to sort of to my social life, to, to be aware of what was going on on the show. You're right with that too, because... I wasn't by any means the most popular kid at primary school, but The Simpsons was one of the things that I could talk to people that I wasn't necessarily friends with, but have a mutual interest with and engage in conversation yeah. with them about it. One thing that always sticks out in my mind, I still remember it to this day, it's the only scenario of it happening in regards to The Simpsons at primary school. I remember rocking up to school, and you know how you used to have to line up before you go into the building when mm-hmm. you're in primary school, you line up in your classes? Yeah. And it was after the episode, it was Wednesday nights when the new episodes used to air at this point, about 99, 2000, Homer to the Max, when he changes to Max Power. I remember everyone in the line was going, uh-oh, spaghetti or whatever. I remember everyone was saying that. And I remember at that point thinking, oh, you like The Simpsons too. Like, it's just that person who I always thought would never want to talk to me was talking to me because I knew a lot about The Simpsons. Yeah. That's one thing that's always sticks to me. Yeah. 
That's cool. Uh, I had the opposite reaction to that particular quote, though. Yeah? Because, well, because of the fact that I loved The Simpsons and I could quote The Simpsons inside and out. And as I said, I could get the voice right and all that sort of thing. We were grade five at that point. Yeah. And, you know, I would get some friends out of that. Maybe not a huge amount, but enough. And then all of a sudden, some half-assed school clown would wander in who's never t- spoken about The Simpsons in his life, drop uh-oh spaghettios, and everyone's laughing at him like he's a genius. That really shit me. As yeah. I was like, you haven't earned this. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't put in the hard yards like I have. You can't do Carl's voice. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that, who's the one that wanted to be George Washington in the play, but Ralph gets it instead? Oh, yeah, oh, God. You're that kid. The, yeah, I am. I was going to say I'm like Frank, Frank Grimes. More <laughs> <than anything. laughs> you look like him. <laughs> but yeah, I just remember, I remember the kid's name was Billy Ganley, and he was the kid that... He never picked on me, but I always felt like he was someone... You know how you have like, people that you feel like are better than you? Yeah. And he was that kid, and he was saying, well, oh, not that they're better <laughs> not than anymore. me, but, but he was like the, the bully. Yeah. He's no, the bully. I, I do know what you mean. You've kind of got and, your social status And he was school. like, he's like, uh-oh, and everyone's laughing at him, and I'm like, I'm the Simpsons fan, but like, I like the fact that you like the Simpsons too. It made me feel like I was equal with that kid. Yeah, well, that's nice. <laughs> anyway, is that all the mailbag questions? That's all the mailbag week? for this week. As I said last episode, uh, or last review episode anyway, keep directing your questions to fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. It's soon going to be, not quite yet, but it's going to be mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Oh, God. We're going to have so many different things to check as people are catching the old episodes. But it's official now. Yeah, okay. That's it's going to be official. It's going to be nice. Uh, we can have a Mitch at Four Finger yeah. Discount. Talk- yes, I can have can. my own yep. domain. You were going to. This is phenomenal. Oh, na- no, so now you like it because it's got Mitch. <laughs> it, I, I just sort of started to process what this means. Yes. I can have a business card. Yep. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> it, turns, it turns into a sponge when you put it in water. Oh, I'd love to have a, a card that actually does that. Now, we have to plug a couple of podcasts before... We do, because we've inspired them. Yes, and we've promised we're going to be doing it for the last six weeks, and we haven't. So, yeah. take it away. <laughs> okay, well, the first one is Cinema Gems. Yes. With, uh, I think we have plugged this. We did. Oh, we episode. might have plugged this, but but there's been a development. So, we're actually going to be we're going to be appearing in an interview on Cinema Gems. Are we? Yes. I haven't confirmed that with the guys yet, so this is <laughs> going to be good news for them. Uh, no, they, they would like us... To, they wanted to do a, a little bit of an interview about The Simpsons in general podcasting, but also... Also, I've offered to do a guest review because what they do is just pick different movies, but generally they've got pretty good taste and they'll just have a chat about whatever's going on. Um, for the most part, I've, the bits and pieces that I've listened to of their shows have been very good. Are you reviewing The Princess Bride? It wouldn't be a bad idea, actually. Erin, if you're listening, have you guys done The Princess Bride before? And if not, I'm your man. Or The Iron Giant. Oh, I could I just it'd be me crying for an hour and a half. <laughs> this is just Weeping. So, so beautiful. Everyone <laughs> just because he's different. Just, Mitch, put your pants on. No. <laughs> no. He just uh, wants to save the town. So Cinema Gems. Check that one out. But yep. the other one that we haven't mentioned before. No, this one's brand new. Yes. Brand spanking new. And it's right up your alley for nineties nerds, people that had a PlayStation. It's called Demo Disc Included. I used to love it when you get the, the really good games, but you only get like one level. On the demo disc. Yeah, I know. So this is the thing that you would get. Like you would get your monthly magazines with a demo disc. Nowadays, yeah. all they really have is demo footage. Yeah. You watch gameplay trailers and that sort of thing. Whereas back in the day, you could play. Like I had the Silent Hill school level. Yeah. It scared the shit out of me. Oh, I never bought the game because of it. Yeah. Resident, I had Resident Evil as well. When those arms burst through that fucking wood on the door, man, I was out. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's a lost art to make a good demo game. Like you can download them from, you know, the PlayStation Network these days. But it's, I reckon, 1 in 10, 1 in 15 games, if you're lucky, have demos. Back in the day, they all had them. Yeah. I remember the Dave Mirror and Tony Hawk demos hooked me on the game. I used to swap, we used to trade demos with kids at school. Yeah. I remember when I got my first PlayStation, Abe's Odyssey came with with the console. Righto. And the Gran Turismo demo disc came with it. Yeah, right. I remember I played Gran Turismo Demo more than I did Abe's Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Demo just included is that just review old games, do they? Or? Uh, yeah, so they're going to review retro computer games for PlayStation 1, etc. Now, I know that they've recorded a couple episodes. Whether or not one's been posted, we'll need to confirm. But they're looking I'm pretty at sure it's getting, available now. Okay, Facebook page is getting up and running. Their Twitter handle is at Demo Included, so give those guys a follow. Check out what's coming up, and if they're going to talk about a game that you want, then we highly suggest getting on there. And the other thing about these guys is they would also like to interview us so they'd like us to be partners on the show now the way that this was posed to us uh, it's just an idea being in the uk would have to work out the plan but is this something that would interest you as a wise man once said ask and the worst thing they can do is tell you to fuck off dando your reply was fuck off (laughs) (laughs) and i waited until it said scene before i was was sitting down like come on look at it come on look at it (laughs) 
but yeah, no, Jason, we would love to be a part of your show as well. So there's a, I, I really like the fact that people are looking up to us as being established. Are they looking up to us or they're just going, well, that's working for them. Let's see if it works for us. No, I think they're looking up to us. We wouldn't have asked to be on a show of someone that was shit just because they were doing it. No. Yeah. No, so, no, I, no I'm, I was completely joking. I okay. completely agree with you. Yeah, they are looking up to us. And I think it's really, really cool that some people have even said to us that we've inspired them to start their own podcast, yeah. which, like I always say, boggles my mind. I, yeah. I know what we're doing must be good because people keep telling us that we're doing good. But I'm so critical of myself that I'm like, I don't think I'm that good at what I do. You're really good at explaining shit. I'm just here to fill the holes. <laughs> That's the way I look at it anyway. Well, thank you. I look at it as in that you're really good at being organized. <laughs> I come in, do my shit, and I'm out of here, motherfucker. <laughs> Drop a, oh, okay, Mitch, we're ready to roll. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's so much more than what I ever imagined would happen in this podcast is happening. And little bits of it are like that, that people are going, hey you know, these guys might be able to help us or maybe they've got some advice for us. So, you know, that's cool. We even had, and I'm not going to name names on this particular one, but I had a message that came through the other day that, like, just floored me. It was a guy who was talking about how important the show has become in his life and that, you know, letting us know that he had had some troubles with depression and that being able to connect or feel like he was connecting to us through this show and through chatting about old memories and that sort of thing and reliving the happier times was really, really important to him. Like, it, like I cannot begin to explain what I felt when I read that and how, like, I was just speechless. And I'm speechless now when I even try to, to think about it again. That, you know, I'm so glad that there are people out there that we're trying to help. We had a, an aspiring artist in Sydney who... Um, Send us Mariko sent us a message the other day saying about the you know struggling artists at the moment. They've I had a look on the Facebook page. It's got some really good work on there, but I'm sure art is you know, that sort of design art is a really difficult field Flooded to get market, into. Yeah. But through listening to us and knowing that we're just two people that gave it a crack, is inspired to keep pushing with what she wants to do and follow her passion. Like not wanting to sound too Oprah or or too like haha Dando Mitch changing the world. Like I'm genuinely so amazed and overwhelmed whenever I hear about that because it is the last thing that I thought was going to happen when I decided, yeah, I can chat for an hour a week and try to be funny. I, when I first started it, was going to be satisfied if we had 500 people listening per week. We're just two guys talking about The Simpsons. It's not going to be a big deal. Now that we're getting thousands within the first 12 hours of the show going online, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, 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 I put that up usually before I go to bed. By the time I wake up, I'm like a thousand downloads already just bang. I always look at it and go, Why? There's so many people out there just waiting for this show now. It's amazing. Yeah. It just puzzles me. And we love each and every one of you. Yes. It's really, really good. Thanks for listening to our review of Stark Raving Dad. As we said, one of the most monumental episodes, if not the most monumental that we've reviewed so far. It's only going to get better from here. What a perfect way to kick off season three. Oh, Homer at the Bat. I cannot fucking wait to review Homer at the Bat. That's yep. going to be a two-hour podcast. Yeah. I think it's just every character we're going to dissect them. And we'll be talking about The Natural as well. People have been saying I've gone to watch The Natural because of what you've said about it. I love that about this. That I, I can just I'm giving people knowledge about cinema as I go <laughs> yeah. along. Dropping truth bombs. I can't wait to see your face when I hand you a business card that says Mitch at fourfigurediscount.com. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty sweet. It's gonna be like you you have Tom, Tom's got his own business card and it's that American psycho scene. Yeah. Comparing yeah. cards. Oh my god. It even has a watermark. <laughs> I can't believe that Tom likes Dando's card more than mine. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod. Mitch would really appreciate it. Mitch writes back to every single tweet that gets sent out. Is that well, correct? Pretty much every single one. You at um, least favorite it. I, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, I try not to favorite everything because then it means nothing. But exactly, I yeah. will favorite. I'll, I'm a big fan of quoting a, reta- a retweet because I like to, you a know. Tweet? I, I hate when you scroll on through Twitter and you see something and you go, oh, that reply looks funny, but what was it too? And then you have to go on this fucking marathon to find yeah. out what it's about. So I like to quote so then people can see what my hilarious repartee yes. is in, in, in reference to. <laughs> also, like us on Facebook, you probably already have, but facebook.com slash discount. Follow us on Instagram at discount. And if you'd like to donate to the show, it's fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate. Mitch, any final words? For the Stark Raving Dad review here on Four Finger Discount, Australia's number one Simpsons podcast. <laughs> Shh.